And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. And as promised, we have the soon-to-be biographer of Derek Carr. Uh, that's a joke. <laughs> Host of Silver and Black Today and Raiders writer for Sports Not, Scott Goldbranson. He's uh, spent a lot of time talking about Derek Carr for the last nine or so years. So figured who better to get an inside look at what the Saints should be expecting than to bring him in. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller as always. Scott, how are you doing today? Good, Jeff, Steve, great to be with you. The silver and black meets the black and gold. I love it. You know, we got all these colors going on. We got a common color. Uh, We have two precious metals involved. I mean, it should be a good show, right? Yeah, but ours is more valuable. (laughs) That's true. But, uh, But ironically enough, silver is mined in Nevada. It's the largest deposit of silver in the world. So there you go. It all fits well. This is a Precious Gems podcast now. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to upgrade. But no, so yeah, I, you you obviously just kind of distill for, for the Saints fan, what is kind of the ethos of Derek Carr? Like what, as you kind of, in like a few sentences, if you can, what is Derek Carr as like a player, as a person, you know, what should Saints fans be expecting? Yeah, so I mean, I would start with with Derek Carr, the man. I think that no matter who you talk to, even folks who weren't fond of him as a player will tell you that you're getting just a really good guy. I mean, and of course, the legacy that Drew Brees has there. I mean, this is the same kind of guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to be really involved in the community. He's going to be involved with all sorts of charities and really does well. He's a guy strong in his faith, so he likes to put that up front, by the way. And so for him going into community, it's not just about playing football. He actually gets down and dirty and helps out. His family does that as well. He's got a foundation still in his hometown of Fresno, California. When he got to Las Vegas, coming from Oakland, when the team finally did move there, he got very involved in the community. It was very visible as well. So I think from the perspective as a human being, there's no arguing that Derek Carr is a phenomenal guy and and really lives his life by a true north. He's really directed at uh, family life. He's directed at uh, doing well and giving back in the community. So from that perspective, New Orleans gets, I think, a, a new uh, resident who's really going to make the community a better place. So, you, you know, and that at the end of the day, we all talk about football here, but that's the stuff that matters most in, in the world. And so you got to give kudos to Derek Carr for that. As a football player, getting a very good quarterback, a guy who I think if you could describe his career with the Raiders was just a little bit um, uh, unfinished, a little bit uh, disappointing from the perspective of the team was never built around him significantly. I'm not just blaming the team. He's got some of the blame himself, which we'll get into. But I do think that Derek Carr, in the right situa- situation with the right people around him, can be a quarterback that can take you to the promised land. I think it has to be the right situation. Uh, we thought early on that the best place for Derek Carr was going to be the NFC South. And sure enough, uh, landing there with the Saints was not a surprise. And I think He's got an opportunity there with what the Saints have built to, to do well and to do something he could never do as a Raider, and that's win a playoff game. And I think that's what you see is you'll see flashes of brilliance, and you're like, how could a team give up on this guy? How could a team yeah. after nine years just say goodbye to him? But then you'll see the other side of Derek Carr, which is he sometimes makes decisions uh, at, uh, at a level where he's a nine-year veteran, you're thinking to yourself, okay, why did he just do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why is he inconsistent? And that's why he's not in Las Vegas was he came in, Josh McDaniels, of course, new head coach, Dave Ziegler, new GM. He had basically kind of a tryout year, and he had one of his worst years since his rookie season. So for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And 
we said, I think after eight weeks last season, guys, that it was probably best for an amicable divorce. Sometimes a guy needs a different, uh, I think, a different address to reach his full potential. And I always thought about that with Derek Carr. I always said, you know what? He'd been through so much with the Raiders that it would be best for him and probably the team to just move on from one another. Unfortunately, it didn't end as well as I thought it could. But certainly Derek Carr, the football player, will be a player that I think Saints fans, uh, especially with what you've gone through the last few years at quarterback since Drew Brees retired, uh, that you'll be happy with. And we'll see if he can get over that hump that he was unable to do uh, with the Raiders. We've been hearing a lot from his uh, his brother David going around talking about how even when other teams were after him and pursuing Carr during the process and then Indianapolis at the Combine and all, that he really took heart that the Saints players were just in constant contact with him. It seems like it's almost like, I guess, his heart got broken there in Vegas with this in a bit. And it's like he's looking for that. I, I want you to want me kind of thing. And I, it's it's kind of hard to believe in this QB hungry market that I thought, I thought Carr would have a lot more suitors than he did, honestly. Yeah, I did too. At least, you know, at least a few more. I think that in the situation with Derek Carr, the one thing you'll learn about him guys, as you cover him is no matter what he says at the podium, he's a very ultra sensitive guy. I mean, it just is. And you can tell People, you know, psycho, if you study any psychology, you know, people give you tips when they say certain things. And Derek Carr would say a lot when he could criticize. And of course, social media is accessible. We all know people <laughs> just go crazy on there. And it's unfair to players. A lot of times they are human beings after all. But Derek Carr, when he was being criticized, when he's going through bad situations, he would always talk about how he doesn't listen to the, any, any of that. He doesn't listen to any of that. Well, that tells you he was listening to it. And I think it got to him several times. And then his family, you talked about David Carr. They go out and defend him actively. They let Derek be the player, and they kind of go out, and they're the henchmen to go out and kind of confront people when they say things about it, whether it's Rich Gannon, a former NFL MVP, who they really tried to drive into the ground because he criticized Derek Carr. And that's the wow. downside to it. But, but again, I, I do think that it was, it was an unusual situation, and some of it not his fault. I think, listen, you have a guy who's been there nine years, has a losing record, but you never brought anybody in to challenge him. Like, he was never challenged. Uh, and I don't care how good you are. It's always good to have somebody challenge you and get you better. And I think that the organization failed Derek Carr ultimately because of the number of head coaches, because of the number of GMs. There was just never a consistency there. And so I think psychologically at some point he might have uh, put – there might have been a switch flipped that just made it somewhat impossible for him to reach his full potential with the Raiders. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we can go next is, you know, what – did hold him back because I feel like in my years of watching Derek Carr intermittently, right? Like I didn't happen upon a lot of Raiders games in new Orleans. It's not the game that shows up. <laughs> right. And they haven't been good enough for me to have to watch them. So I just only see them effectively when they play the chiefs, right? Like I feel like of all the Derek Carr games I've watched, it's been the chargers and the chiefs. And every time I watch Derek Carr and Pat Mahomes play, it seems like Derek Carr is able to elevate his play and kind of get into a shootout with Pat Mahomes. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's only the games I've watched. But I always watch Derek Carr, and I'm like, oh, this is a good quarterback. He's, ha if he's a gunslinger. He's, ha he's in a shootout right now. And then I look at the stats, and it's like, oh, he threw for 220 yards and two touchdowns. It's like this very ho-hum stat line. But, like, you watch it, and you're like, this is a good quarterback. So what is the hang-up? Why hasn't he been able to kind of get over the top and what does New Orleans need to do to kind of maximize that? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think if we talk about hangups with Derek Carr, I think it's always been the inability to extend plays with his legs, uh, especially sure. in today's NFL. Now, at the end of the day, you want a guy who can throw from the pocket. You have to in the NFL, as so many of these great running quarterbacks. I mean, we're, we're all debating about Lamar Jackson right now, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to do that. And I think Derek Carr, when he's given the time, he's got a clean pocket and he can throw the ball. Um, he's going to hit his guys. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback with a very strong arm and somebody who can run an offense. He's run six different offenses, so he's got a, a sample size that's pretty large. But at the end of the day, I think that's what it was. And, and decision-making in key moments, you know, it seemed to, yes, in rivalry games, and, of course, you'll see a lot of the, the stats about his fourth-quarter comebacks. Mm-hmm. But some of those fourth-quarter comebacks, when you really dig deep down in the numbers – It's because, yes, the Raiders have not had a good defense since I think I was in eighth grade. But other than that, they also had an offense that would start slow, that would not score as much. If you look at what they were able to do, I mean, last year with the weapons they had with Devontae Adams and, of course, Josh Jacobs, who won the rushing title, all the stuff they had around them. And Derek Carr always seemed to do well in spurts and then suddenly fall back. And so I think that's what it was, is there's just this, this desire to see him get over a pump a hump and just explode consistently. And I think consistency has been the issue. And I do think some of that's the supporting cast around him. But at the same time, I think it's his biggest obstacle to overcome, which is can he do it? Can he have the confidence? Can he lead a team to the next step? Because if you talk to analysts, and we've had plenty of them on our show, including Rich Gannon and others, who say, you know what, Derek Carr is a great quarterback. He'll get you to a certain point. But is he the guy who when the team is down and not performing well, is he going to put them on your on his shoulders and take them? And the answer is no. Uh, and so, so far of what we've seen. Now, in New Orleans, it's going to be interesting because I think he's got a good uh, offensive line there that he hasn't had quite a, in quite a while in Las Vegas. And, and so it's a different situation. He's clearly the best quarterback of the division as we sit today. And so he's in a good situation to win. And I think that that was key for Carr in his next step was, you know, was he going to – in the AFC West – He's a good quarterback, but arguably you could say, even with Russell Wilson's terrible year last year, he was the, the, the fourth best quarterback out of four teams in the league because it's a stacked division. But in this case, he has the opportunity to go somewhere he can win. And I think that the right situation for him will make a big difference. And, and I think he does well, and I hope he does well. You mentioned that fact of, you know, Carr being that guy late in the game to lead a team kind of situation, but is he – the at least that vocal leader, I would say that someone is able to to rally the guys around him, kind of thing. The the rest of the, the teammates believing in in his message, I guess, coming across. And unfortunately, with Carr coming to New Orleans, I wish De- Devontae Adams obviously could could as well because <laughs> they seem to have a great rapport. Yeah, obviously playing together in college too helps that they've known each yeah, other absolutely uh, and their tendencies for a long time. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think that if you look at that situation um, in the locker room, guys loved him, right? Um, But is it a – that's because he's just a good guy. He was a leader. Two years ago with the John Gruden emails when John Gruden got forced out and had to to leave because of those emails. And then, of course, you had Henry Ruggs involved in the deadly car accident. That was a real tough time. And what did Carr do? Carr really just stabilized the locker room, kept everybody on the same page – and with a late-season run, got them to the playoff. So I think Derek Carr in the locker room is a good guy to have. Is he the raw, raw guy 
who's going to get in somebody's face? Absolutely not. He's not confrontational uh, like we see some of these great quarterbacks that they, they tend to do. And even Drew Brees with the Saints, right, would, would get on guys and kind of lead the, the, the infamous speeches before the games and the huddles on the field. Drew Brees got me fired up. I wanted to get up and play. So he, he's not necessarily that guy, but I think he's definitely a leader by example. And he's a guy that people are going to go to and trust because he is such a good dude and he does care about people. You know, one thing he said that I find funny is like, he's not that mobile, but at the same time, he's definitely more mobile than Andy Dalton. <laughs> so in that sense, <laughs> yes. he's a clear upgrade from a mobility perspective. Heck, probably is more mobile than Drew was. He might be the most mobile quarterback the Saints have had since like Aaron Brooks, which yes. is saying something about the Saints. But, you know, one thing that I am curious about, obviously, this is not a new thing. Dennis Allen having Derek Carr as his quarterback, right? <laughs> the Raiders yeah. know very well what Dennis Allen and Derek Carr kind of look like as a pairing, at least four games of it, because four that games. 2014 season, he got fired after four games. They also now have their defense coordinators with the Raiders in 2014. Their secondary coach was with the Raiders in 2014. It is a very much Raiders 2014 experience. And I'm just curious what that – that's got to be weird from a Raiders perspective of like, I remember this. Um, and I mean – Obviously, Derek is a different guy than he was back then. I think a decade apart from anybody will be different. But I'm curious, you know, what what is kind of the, re the reaction like when you see that um, and you can like hold it up against, you know, oh, look at that. <laughs> well, it goes to show something that you guys know really well. And I know probably there's your listeners know well if they're big football fans, which is the NFL coaching uh, fraternity is very small. It's very insulated. And because of that, you're going to see guys, they're going to cross paths many times in the course of their career. And in this case, a player like Derek Carr, who, who first started for Dennis Allen, gets an opportunity to go back with him. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, Raiders fans overall have been telling us, boy, you know, he's going to get him fired a second time is kind of the people who don't like Derek Carr. That's what they say about Dennis Allen. Uh, because De Derek Carr, I think they were three and thirteen that year. They ended up that year, and and so on. So so that that's the inside joke. But a lot of Raider fans, Derek Carr was polarizing for Raider fans. Ex coaches are polarizing. I mean, the the Raiders have had so many coaches. It's almost like if you look at the family tree of the band Deep Purple. I think they've had like seventy members Deep Purple, and it's sort of the same thing with Raider coaching staff. So it's one of those weird situations. And and Raider fans, I think, are looking at it and saying, wow, you know, it's so weird how it's kind of come full circle like that for Derek Carr, and it's got to feel strange for him. But clearly the Saints organization believes in Dennis Allen and what he's doing with that team, and the familiarity there is going to be great for them because at least they have that, and um, I, I'm sure that that lent very uh, massively to Derek Carr feeling comfortable when he came down to New Orleans and visited. Are any uh, soon-to-be uh, guys – uh, on offense, soon to be free agents that may be tempted to follow Derek down to New Orleans? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that was surprising to me because when, when Derek Carr was, uh, before he got benched and kind of stepped away from the, the team for those final two weeks of the season, you know, all of his teammates always showed love, talked about him. And then after that happened, there was a little bit of a shift. They didn't throw him under the bus or anything, but there was just like, a, hey, it's a business. We got to go on. And so I, I don't know about free agents. I do think, I mean, because Josh Jacobs was tagged and, and, right. and obviously the Saints have a good running game already, but 
but he was tagged. So he's going to get a, a long-term contract before July, I believe. Uh, but Darren Waller, I would watch for that because Darren Waller and, and Derek Carr have had a great connection. Waller's been injured a bit too much the past two seasons, and that raises some questions. But, but the Raiders could be in a position, depending what they do during this draft and offseason, uh, to perhaps move him. I don't know that they have the confidence they had in him, as great as his abilities are. So if they're looking for an old-school hiccup uh, hookup between former teammates, that might be a good one to watch out for New Orleans is the availability of Darren Waller. Yeah, Saints fans have nightmares still about Darren Waller when he destroyed them in Vegas. Yes, I was at that game. I covered that game. It was in an empty stadium, right? Right, exactly. Um, the, the COVID year, and we had opened the stadium there. And it was the first that's game where you in Allegiant Stadium, I think. It was the first game, and we were yeah. sitting in the press box, which is way high in the stadium, <laughs> and you could hear them trash-talking. That's how quiet it was because there was not a yeah. soul in there except for security guards. So it was a really uh, interesting game as well. But then, of course, Derek Carr comes to New Orleans this past year, can't get past the 50-yard line the whole game. Which is really interesting, and but maybe that speaks to also Dennis Allen's uh, ability to know the quarterback really well, which would I would assume help him uh, improve him as well. It is it is telling about how much Dennis Allen likes Derek Carr that he himself managed to shut him out and keep him from getting past the fifty yard line. I was like, I want that guy, I want him. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. the secret; no yeah. one else does. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, and, and Derek Carr's gone now. You don't have to you don't have to worry about any any David Carr backlash. So. We'll take the hit if I, I so look in your crystal ball five years down the road. Will Saints fans Ooh. and the Saints front office be yeah, you can do that. Uh, be like great signing, or will it ultimately be like, is this you know, the oh, here's Derek Carr getting Dennis Allen fired again? What would your prediction for that be? Because I think it's polarizing, right? 31 year old quarterback sure. hasn't won a playoff game as a career losing record. It could be Matt Stafford, but it could also be, I don't know, I, I can't think of an example, but you know, it obviously doesn't go well all the time. So what would your prediction be? So I, here's what I would say, is, is, and this is all just based on, on watching him as I've covered them as we've had the show and as a writer, which is I would suspect that if we're talking five years from now, the way that Saints fans will look back at the Derek Hart era, however long it lasts, is that it was the right move for the Saints at the time it's going to stabilize the offense for you. You're going to have a quarterback who could get you to the playoffs, maybe even win some playoff games if everything goes well. But other than that, I think in some ways he's going to be an expensive bridge quarterback for the Raiders, which is he's going to stabilize the position. It's going to allow the, the, um, the Saints to go out and perhaps in the next few years get a young quarterback, develop that young quarterback, and in the meantime – uh, still be competitive and and what and you never know you get on a run and, and crazy things could happen and you could win a Super Bowl but at the same time if I was going to bet on it what I bet Derek Carr gives the Saints a, a world championship I would say no okay wait hold okay yeah David Carr's in the corner and he he gave me a thumbs up after that <laughs> so you're good to go uh yeah you can continue about your business um but yeah good stuff and that was a completely unfair question so i appreciate you giving it oh, your best no it, it, it's fair because and that's the thing covering Derek Carr, and you guys will learn this firsthand which is again you like the guy because he's such a good guy uh and he's and he's got talent i mean he's is he a top 10 quarterback no is he a top 15 top 12 quarterback absolutely does he have the abilities to where he could be a top 10 quarterback you see it all the time and i think that's for raider fans why so many of them over the last couple of years soured on him was because they saw it, they saw it, they saw it, but it never got to the point where he could overcome some things. And again, not all his fault, 
but certainly some of it he owned. And that's where I think he started to lose the fan base a bit, or at least half the fan base. Um, and that's the thing you'll learn too about the Derek Carr fan base. Cause I think a lot of them will come over to the saints fan base because they were Derek Carr fans, not Raider fans. Uh, and they're very polarized. They either love him like he's David Koresh, excuse the expression, or they despise him like, you know, he's a, uh, a third world uh, dictator. So there's no in between. It's very odd that way. Uh, but I think you'll see that, um, that you'll, you'll get people who really will be proud. And, and look, he's, he's an upgrade at, your, at the position for the Saints. There's no question about it. The Saints will instantly be better for Derek, with Derek Carr there. And um, it'll give uh, Saints fans, I think, a lot of hope that they can get into the playoffs and, and do something uh, right away. Scott, 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 what are you guys going to do at quarterback now, though, real quick? Yeah, it, it's a great question. I think they're going to they're going to bring Archie Manning out of retirement. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think what the Raiders, I think that what their plan is going to be is they're going to sign, in essence, a veteran, uh, a bridge veteran. Raider fans aren't excited about the name, but a Jimmy Garoppolo or yeah, somebody of that, that nature. Great. Although there'll be some, you know, I think there'll be some demand for him. So we'll see where it goes. Jared Stidham, who started two games for the Raiders last year after they benched Derek Carr, who came with Josh McDaniels from New England. I think he'll be the odds on, odds on starter, uh, actually. Um, and then they will draft a young quarterback. Who do they draft up or do they trade up, excuse me, in this year's draft from they're at seven. So to me, to get one of those quarterbacks, they're going to have to go up to three. And so we'll see if they're able to do that. But that, that would be my guess is they're going to go – with somebody and it's going to be a bit of a rocky year uh, up and down year. And then they'll try to develop the young quarter. They have to get their next franchise quarterback or they have trouble in that division because that division now is stacked uh, and you have two quarterbacks that aren't going anywhere for a really long time. in Justin Herbert and Patrick Holmes trade everything for Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I, I tell you what guys, I, I know people are making fun of me. I, I don't think Anthony Richardson makes it as a quarterback in the NFL. Amazing athlete, but I right. just don't, there's no sample size. I mean, he's, He's a, an unbelievable kid. Like if you talk, if you if you hear him talk and you've heard his interviews, uh, but at the same time, so raw. Now, if a team gives him three or four years, maybe. But I'm going to bet he becomes a tight end. It is fascinating to me that everyone's just kind of decided, yeah, for sure, Anthony Richardson. And it's like yeah, I think you're right. I think it, when it comes to quarterbacks, and Derek Carr is a perfect exception to this. But in so mm -hmm. many instances, just throwing a guy in right away is. I would argue is the reason they failed. I don't think Zach Wilson was programmed to be a bust until the Jets got a hold of him. I don't think Sam Darnold was programmed to be a bust until the Jets got a hold of him. We could just do this with Jets quarterbacks, but it's true across the board. Like Josh Rosen needed time. Like guys like that, they, they, they wouldn't all have been successful, but like give them time to develop rather than just saying, yeah, they, they're bad. They, they can't win there yeah. anyway. And that's where the money comes in, right? Because there's so much money involved yeah. now, you know, back, Back when we were kids, Ooh. they would do that because they weren't paying them as much. Now you get these guys in the NFL. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts, right? People were people. Were, he fell, he fell. He gets in the second round. The Eagles draft him, and and people and he's not starting. And people are like, well, he's never going to make it, right? <laughs> and then look what he does this year. So I think they're. I think the NFL. I'm optimistic is starting to come around to the fact that you know what, you have to have a plan at quarterback, and it's going to include two guys for a while until you can turn over the reins to a young player because of the defenses, the complexity of the offenses nowadays, they just need some more time. And it would be really sad. And we've seen it yet. Yeah, you're right. With so many guys, kids that probably could have made it in the NFL, at least had a good career, never get a chance because after two years, they run out of the league because they were high draft picks and couldn't make it.
Agree completely. All right, Scott, thanks so much for coming on. Check him out. Host of Silver and Black Today podcast. Also on the Odyssey Network. He's also Raiders writer for Sports Not. Currently trying to figure out who's going to start for the Raiders next year as the rest of us are. And, uh, you know, and just just fishing for David Carr to stop giving him grief on the internet. (laughs) Scott, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, Jess. And, uh, yes, you will get blocked by David Carr if you criticize him. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait. Right, man, right. I appreciate it a lot. I, I got right, I got blocked care. by Eli yeah. Apple's mom, so that was a treat. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, also a rite of passage. Right, yeah. that is a rite of passage. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>